Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Oh, bulldogs, they always love to have so many medical issues and dermatology for bulldogs is no different. There are so many things that we can see affect bulldogs and be quite difficult to control. So I want to do an episode of the podcast kind of focused on bulldogs. And this could really go for most bully breeds and different types of bulldogs, French and English. But I guess in my head, I'm kind of imagining that traditional English bulldog coming in and what are the things we want to make sure we don't miss in these cases. So let's start out with the exam in certain anatomical locations we want to make sure to investigate in allergic bulldogs or any bulldog coming in with skin disease. First and foremost, do not forget the folds, all of those folds, all the things that make them cute and squish-faced also can harbor a lot of things like infections. And it seems simple to think about checking out the facial folds, but you would be surprised, especially when you are busy in the clinic running around um, and just have a bulldog coming in, kind of rubbing their face, just kind of taking a peek and not really thinking that it looks that bad. But if you actually separate the facial folds and you can do this pretty quickly, it is amazing the amount of purulent debris, erythema, discomfort. I mean, even to the point of ulcerations in some of these cases that you can find hiding in those folds. So lifting up the facial folds, one of my favorite ways to sample the facial fold is just taking a Q-tip or a swab, just like you would do a Q-tip or a swab to an ear. You can put it within the facial fold and then put, roll that onto a slide. And a lot of these bulldogs who rub their face um, on the furniture, on the owner, on the floor, you will find a significant amount of bacteria or yeast hiding in those facial folds. And just by treating that infection alone, which, you know, honestly, topical therapy in bulldogs can be amazing. I use so many different wipes in bulldogs. But not just when they're infected as maintenance. If you think about the fact that a lot of these bully breeds are genetically predisposed to have allergies, plus you add on the fact that they have anatomy and friction just from those folds being prominent, the maintenance therapy of cleaning out the folds, using products that restore the skin barrier or soothing or antiseptic can really help us prevent the severity or the frequency of some of these facial fold infections that we see. So just taking a second to look through all the facial folds, see if you notice any debris, get a Q-tip in there. It helps in that tight space and then sample that and put that on a slide. The other fold we cannot forget about is that tail fold. And some of these dogs will get such gnarly ulcerative dermatitis in those tail folds. And again, if it's a tight spot and a deep tail fold, it can be really hard to truly visualize. And some of them are so anatomically bad that I can't even really see the depths of the tail fold. I'll just put a Q-tip in that area and then we'll just get a bunch of debris out. 
And I have seen dogs who scoot from their tail fold being infected. I've seen them like spin like little tops, like they'll kind of sit on their tail fold and spin around because they're so uncomfortable and itchy and they don't know how to alleviate that itch. So facial folds, tail folds, you know, use topical therapy, make sure we evaluate them when we're seeing them in the clinic. So we can stay ahead of these areas that really like to get infected. And we know of multiple reasons they can get infected in these breeds. Another thing that we predominantly see in these bulldogs for dermatology is significant pododermatitis. And pododermatitis is really just an all-encompassing term, right? It's just inflammation of the feet. But remember, there's lots of different things that can cause pododermatitis. Certainly in this breed, we want to make sure, especially if they're younger or older, they have draining, erythema, hair loss, make sure you rule out Demodex, you know, pluck some hairs, do a skin scrape, because this is a breed that likes to get Demodex. We're not seeing Demodex as readily anymore just because of the isoxazlines, but certainly there are still cases that get Demodex. And we don't want to miss that because if we put them on something to relieve inflammation, you know, whether it's apical cyclosporin steroids and the pododermatitis is due to Demodex, then they're going to get worse. And so we want to make sure that we're going back to that minimum database and either plucking hairs for a trichogram or doing a skin scraping so we don't miss the possibility of Demodex, especially if they come in not on an isoxazoline. And even if they do and you think it's possible, you never know if they're giving it inappropriately, they forgot, the dog spit it out. So don't be afraid to rule out something like mites because the treatment is very different. Now, the other thing we can see is truly pododermatitis in those interdigital furuncles. Um, and those are difficult. The interdigital furuncles are really difficult in general because they're multimodal. You know, there's the anatomy of how these dogs are weight bearing, um, how their structure is. You can also have allergies that feed into them getting recurrent infections. They can have endocrinopathies that can cause infections that cause these interdigital furuncal cystic lesions. And so whenever I have a really bad case of pododermatitis in these interdigital furuncles, first off, I'm clearly looking for infection. So if they have ruptured furuncles or even cystic lesions, I'm going to aspirate or I'm going to put a Q-tip into that draining tract and look under the microscope. More often than not, there's infection that's complicating things. And I'm pretty, unless they've not been on any treatment at all, if it's a deep infection and they're so uncomfortable, especially if they have multiple draining areas, I'm going to culture them pretty quickly because relieving that infection is going to provide a lot of comfort. And we can have a hard time in some of these cases really penetrating that tissue, calming things down because of how much inflammation and how much infection can occur. Um, Topical therapy is great, but if they're to the point of draining deep infection, then they are going to probably have to have systemic therapy. Um, You know, if it is more focal lesions, that's where using some of the alternatives like fovea can be really beneficial to decrease inflammation and help with infection. But if we have multiple areas on the paws infected, we certainly want to be thoughtful of treating the infection readily, but also getting the underlying cause under control. So if it's a middle-aged dog, maybe we do some lab work, make sure we don't have hypothyroidism or signs of Cushing's disease because that can cause infections too. We do see a lot of these cases predominantly due to allergies and their anatomy, um, just the way that they weight bear and put pressure on certain areas. 
why these interdigital furuncles really form is, you know, you have an inflammatory process like allergies, but also if they're kind of the way they're walking on those paws, they can get the hair keratin basically kind of driving into that deeper tissue and is essentially a foreign body reaction that happens around that keratin that can cause this tremendous amount of inflammation and discomfort for that pet. So if we've ruled out things like endocrinopathies, demeticosis, and we know it's more than likely allergies, infection, especially if they have other signs of allergies like otitis or other pyoderma, we're going to treat the infection diligently. If they're really bad, I'm going to probably put them on, you know, anti-inflammatory doses of steroids just to calm everything down. Um, now, if they just have mild infection and they're more pruritic and some, you know, mild to moderate inflammation and not to the point of the furuncles, still something like Apoquil can be really beneficial in those cases and not get the side effects of steroids. But if they just really have a lot of inflammation and they're uncomfortable, then doing an anti-inflammatory dose of corticosteroids can make them feel a whole lot better. I do find some of these dogs that these bulldogs, no matter what you do, they just seem to kind of break out with inflammation to the paws, respond really well to steroids, that they can do really, really well on things like cyclosporin, just kind of a broad anti-inflammatory dose, whether you use something like Atopica or there is the Verbach uh, newer product, Cyclovance, which is a non-flavored uh, liquid formulation of cyclosporin that's equivalent. I've been having a lot of success with that since there's no taste. It's not bitter. They tend to take it actually pretty well. So that is another option long-term that some of these cases do tremendously well with. Another disease, which is not obviously individual to bulldogs, but we know they can really struggle with is otitis. Be diligent about the topical therapy in these bull allergic bulldogs that not only get pododermatitis, but get otitis. We have to make sure we are educating owners how to properly properly clean the ear, to flush, to make sure that they know the clinical signs to watch for, for otitis, so they can get those pets in. If they're showing signs of discomfort, we're going to have more success seeing them earlier. Bulldogs can really struggle with chronic otitis and get to the point of calcified ear canals, you know, pretty readily, maybe not to the degree that our Cocker Spaniel friends do, but they will calcify pretty quickly. And so if we have just a completely swollen shut ear, but that cartilage is still pliable, certainly again, you can use some steroids, cyclosporin just to help alleviate some of the inflammation, but we also need to educate owners just like it's important to do topicals with the facial folds and the tail folds. It's really important for them to be flushing regularly. If their bulldog's getting recurrent otitis, using something like a ceruminolytic, or if they're infected, using something that has antiseptic properties to it or pH differences to it so that we can assure we're controlling the otitis before it becomes really, really problematic. Um, and then, of course, allergies. We know allergies are rampant in a lot of dogs, um, but we see lots of allergies in English bulldogs. And I'm not really going to dive into all of atopic dermatitis, but one thing I want to point out is do not overlook um, you know, food allergies in these dogs. We shouldn't be overlooking them in any dog that's itchy and has allergies, but we do. I mean, I feel like I see a pretty decent amount of English bulldogs that have food allergy and environmental allergies, like concurrently. And it'll often get overlooked if a bulldog is, say, 
gassy or if they have multiple bowel movements a day, I think we just assume that these bully breeds are going to be, you know, have borborgamus, kind of be gassy. Um, but there actually have been studies looking into what's considered normal in some of these GI signs with bulldogs. And so making sure we're doing the appropriate, you know, food trials to rule it out. And even if they're not completely better, do we notice things because they could have concurrent atopy, but do we notice things like they're not as gassy, um, instead of six bowel movements a day, they go down to three bowel movements a day. They have better quality stool. Um, they're the, maybe they still lick and chew their paws when even, even despite being on the food, but maybe their ears do a lot better. So I think sometimes we want these cases with diet trials to be all or none, but that's just not the reality. We see a significant amount of dogs with atopic dermatitis also have food allergy, and I think English bulldogs, especially, we do see a lot of these, you know, multiple allergic symptoms causing problems in them. The final thing I want to talk about as far as bulldog dermatology um, is see, uh, seasonal flank alopecia. And actually, there's been other suggestions to name it cyclical flank alopecia because we don't necessarily always see it correlate with exact seasons. They'll just kind of go up and down with their signs. This is when you see, and you see it in boxers and bulldogs sometimes other breeds too. It's just bilateral around the flank. They'll get these areas of alopecia that are hyperpigmented. They're not really inflamed. Um, they really just look like bald, dark areas on the dog. Um, you can try things like melatonin. You'll see reports of melatonin implants or doses of melatonin you can try. But a lot of times it's just kind of they get better when they decide to get better. They don't do as well when they don't want to do as well. Sometimes it matches certain seasons. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so certainly are things you can try. It appears just to be really a cosmetic disease. Um, if it seems pretty classic and they're the breed that seems pretty classic, we don't necessarily biopsy these, but we just kind of talk through it with the owners. Um, you know, it can get better. We can try safe things like melatonin. Um, sometimes you try it, you feel like it helps, but then as time goes on, they may still kind of cyclically lose hair in the future. Um, a lot of them will kind of be more permanent, though I have seen some get, you know, pretty improved during certain times of the year. So those are kind of the main things I think of with bulldogs. I mean, honestly, facial folds and pododermatitis are the main things that come to mind. Um, you know, they can get other things too, obviously like pemphigus, other diseases, um, calcinosis cutis, things like that. But these are some of the more typical things that I think we'll see, you will see in the clinic um, with these bulldogs as far as their dermatologic disease goes. Topicals become extremely important. Education to the client becomes extremely important in these cases. This is a high maintenance breed. They can be a very sweet breed. I do love seeing bulldogs, but they can be a more high maintenance breed because of their anatomy, their propensity to facial folds, the genetics they have that can predispose them to things like allergies. So we want to make sure that we are proactive and utilizing things like topical therapy, educating the client so we can prevent them from growing down those more difficult paths of, you know, resistant infections, discomfort, draining interdigital fruncles. We want to be ahead of the game and be proactive and preventative the best that we can.